Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 65 was recorded live May 5th, 2011. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. Here are some of the articles we'll be covering the news. We have a revisit of the uh, fees charged for the dock plans. We have artificial surf in the UK closed. Uh, some fish and game question and answers. Club Hope's TV show will create some more divers. Putting a price on sharks. And we also have something in the cool scuba gear. And this week I'd like to welcome Mac. How you doing today, Mac? Pretty good. I'd like you to be about 10, 15 degrees warmer. Oh, I hear you there. This is unbelievable. I, I can't tell what month it is. I would say this is March or something. Well, you figure we had a freeze yesterday yeah, in the I, morning. So, geez, oh, Pete. Yeah, I, I had uh, uh, white frost on the grass. It looked like winter. Yeah, well, you figure what? We had snow a week before Easter. Oh, it's not doing anything to help us with uh, water temps. Now, well, well this, it, and we'll talk about this later on, but uh, just to, to jump ahead a little bit. Do you think this will make a difference in the clarity of the water? Does it keep the uh, algae growth down? Nope. Oh, <laughs> we can hope. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. So uh, we got a full chat room tonight. If you're missing out in the chat room, how you listen in, a couple different ways. You can go to TalkShoe and we're show 73759. We record 9 p.m. Eastern time, and that's uh, New York time or Detroit time. Uh, if you're looking on a world map. You can figure out a little bit of the change. Uh, it's either GMT minus four or minus five. Seems to move around with that daylight savings time. Uh, you can also head over to the Scuba Obsessed website, and we have a little button or badge on the page. It'll get you over to TalkShoe if you want to do that, or you can download us. So if you're listening to us and you're not listening live, you probably picked us up off of iTunes, but most of the recording, Zoom, if you got a Zoom, BlackBerry, you can get the software. So. Uh, hopefully you come in live and, and listen to us and uh, chat in the chat room. A lot of great guys in there talking away, and they always try to distract us. Uh, so without any further ado, we're going to jump into the news, and I'm a little unorganized tonight. We're getting that nice time of the weather where it's still daylight. So had both kids had games tonight, so I was doing the dad thing and or the non-dad thing, where I was <laughs> finding news articles during the game. Uh, but it's it's baseball and softball, you know, so that's only about one-third action anyway. Uh, first article we have is a club hopes more will take plunge, and this one is out of the UK, uh, Broomsgrove. Uh, members of the Broomsgrove Base Scuba Diving Club are hoping that a new BBC TV series will inspire more people to join them uh, doing the sport that they love. So let me go ahead and post this into the chat room so you can go ahead and follow along. The Meridian Divers Scuba Diving Club, or Meridian, Mercian Divers Scuba Diving Club, which is part of the uh, BSAC, is based at Dolphin Center, and they're encouraging residents to go dive. 
Uh, they say that the series on the BBC is fascinating. We're convinced it'll spark a lot of interest in scuba diving among people who have never tried the sport before or who have never considered diving in Britain. Again, as with all the articles, if you want to follow along, read them. You can go to our show notes, which is usually a couple days after we record. And I actually did, I did get them up this week. But, you know, th- this is back uh, what Jim and I had talked about before with the Jacques Cousteau, which is really what got us started in, in scuba diving. So hopefully any of these shows that are showing scuba diving in a positive light will attract some more divers. It, and they just don't do them justice. With, with high-definition television in 3D, there should be just tons of shows because it's something to show off. It's like it's all new again. Let's see. The next article, here's a question on the fish and game. Uh, we don't get to do any uh, hunting or fishing while we scuba dive up here. Mac, do you know anything about the Michigan rules on well, that? Well, you can fish, a fishing license. So if I got a fishing license, I can, and I can grab a fish, I can? Go for it. Go for Actually, it. Actually, you, have to, have to, you can't use your goodie bag for them. Um, but you can spearfish, but it's no up here. It's for trash fish, carp okay. items like that. So you can, but with the low visibility, uh, if you got two guys out there spearfishing, it could probably be very unsafe. <laughs> you know, don't shoot at the plume of the dirt. That could be a fish. That could be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is a case, uh, at least around here, for a good chance of solo diving. This uh, next but, article is, uh, and this is a question that this one is out of the Los Angeles Times, and they have a little question answer segment which talks about sports and the second question in there is about somebody asking uh, that they want to go abalone diving and scuba diving the same day they want to know if they have to uh, they know that they have to free dive for the abalone but they also want to go scuba diving on the trip so what their their question is which should they do first and how can they do this without getting in trouble with the game warden and maybe mac you could you could answer this one without without looking at it because I, I didn't realize what the the risk was and until i read the answer well, I'm trying to find the one you're talking about. I can't. I don't see that on my listing here. Okay, I'll paste that in the Skype for you. Because all I see is fish and game QA. Yeah. But I don't see the other question. Yeah, it's a little bit um, farther on down, so it's the uh, second question. But what they're talking about is they said if you're going to be going out of a boat, make sure you don't have any scuba gear present on the boat while you're diving off it. If you're entering and exiting from shore, be sure to leave your scuba gear in your car in your camp. You could probably do your dives in either order, but just be sure that it's obvious your dives are done separately and that scuba assistance was not part of your abalone dive. The law prohibits having scuba gear on the boat or a floating device when diving for abalone or when abalone are on board. So that means if you just have abalone on board, like say you did, you did everything legal, and then you left it in a live well or however they do abalone, I don't know. And then you come out with your scuba gear. If they find scuba gear and abalone in the same floating vessel at the same time, you are in trouble. But they say the law does not prohibit der- driving home from a dive site with both abalone and scuba gear in the car. So that means to me that you would go out, get the abalone, bring it to your car, then grab your gear and go back out. That would sound logical. And uh, we have somebody in the chat room from New Zealand. They said, you can take abalone on scuba down here. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds good. Because I, I don't know, snorkeling, I, I enjoy snorkeling, but I'm I'm not one of those people who is going to go 25 feet on a breath and grab some abalone and come back up. Now, this this is based in where? 
This one is out of the, the LA Times, so that's going to be off the coast of California there. Okay, because then I probably, have, I, I'm not going to say it was me, but many, many years ago in San Francisco area, I think some abalone made their way to the surface in the hands of some divers that I personally know. So maybe ignorance was bliss back then. <laughs> or or maybe the rules were a little bit different than what they are now. That That's all I'll say. And, I, and I'm, I'm, ho- I'm betting that the statute of limitations, of course, California, you know, that statute of limitations, is, was that 90 years down there? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so as always, check with your, your local state laws on, on any of the regulations before you take anything, living or dead. Uh, this next one is is out of the UK uh, from the website The Telegraph. And this is, they've it looks like they've built an artificial reef in, oh goodness, Bournemouth, and that they've just declared that it is now closed to the public. The reef, which was the first of its kind, has been plagued by controversy since it opened in 2009. The underwater structure has been criticized by surfers producing the wrong sort of waves. A recent routine inspection found that substantial changes to the shape could produce hazardous undercurrents. Now, if you look at a a photo of this, uh, click on over to the news article, it looks like a bunch of tubes that have been strapped together and laid on top of each other. So they took what was a fairly flat bottom and tried to raise it to create the waves. What has happened is that they're airing on the side of caution and closed the reef, which is 700 feet off the Boscombe area of the resort. The reef is made of 55 submerged sand-filled bags, which are believed to displaced and need to be repositioned. Uh, it was discovered during a routine inspection that they had done. Some residents have nicknamed the reef the Beached Whale. Is that supposed to be a real picture? You know, I'm... Uh, yeah. I'm saying that's damn good viz, for one. Yeah. And proportion to that diver, that's a lot of stuff out there. Wow. Yeah. So it was 3.2 million pounds to build this. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Mac. I, I, it's, it's actually a nice job. That'd be great if it was a photo, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. I'd like to go dive that. Yeah, That's but, Photoshop. If anything. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, just, it's a rendering, probably an artist rendering that got the approval, uh, but somehow that those bags have started to, to come apart. So uh, you know, maybe this is their chance to reposition them. I don't know how much it costs if they could, you know, if it didn't quite work out, that seems like that'd be the advantage of using bags like this. You could kind of reverse build it and, you know, just make it better. Of course, I, I'm sure it all comes down to money. Somebody wants, well, I'm curious money. what that cost to do that to begin with. Uh, and they, they said, uh, 3.2 million pounds. So would that be about 5 million us dollars? A couple of bucks. That's for sure. Then. Yeah. Yeah. 5 million. And, and you figure it, it was pretty much big bags with sand in it. So I'm assuming the sand wasn't the the most expensive part. It was probably the bags, the engineering, yeah. and the positioning. So the next next one is uh, Aqualung. Now, did you happen to catch this one? Uh, Mac, Aqualung has bought uh, U.S. manufacturer Dive Helmets Gorski. Now, that's a very nice hat. Expensive hat, though. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good-looking hat myself. Um, yeah, I, I don't, that's, you know, probably way outside my price range. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, now, the, now these hats are used mostly in, uh, well, <clears throat> the, the division of Aqualung that bottom is the military and professional. But yeah. when you, but when you look at that, I mean, that is a, that is a hard hat. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, 
that's just not like a, a full face mask. That's that's a hard hat, and it's uh, you know again go in the show notes. We got a link over to the Gorski hat, which is Gorski G O R S K I hat dot com is the website, and that that is kind of look, looks it has a little bit of a Star Wars stormtrooper look and polished chrome. It is it's a nice hat. It looks heavy. Uh, I'm not familiar with the regulators on this one, but that's way out of the league for uh, for sport diving. I'll tell you that. So, any idea what they're that they're trying to do? They're just trying to have one of everything. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> We've got a lot of helmet manufacturers out there. I'm not sure how that's going to be something that they're suddenly going to make a lot more money out of. Well, I can't believe that. I mean, by the looks of that that hat, other than maintenance parts well, and then the initial investment, it seems like it would last forever. It should. Uh, and then this next article is one that we that maybe we'll have in the Scuba Divers Roundtable. This one is uh, out of the U.S. And when I first saw the website name, you got to be careful. Of the uh, the website is from thepoststar.com, and for some reason, don't know where my mind is. I, th- I thought it said porn star. And then the uh, <laughs> the guy in the photo, his name is T.J. Hooker. Okay. Yeah. So it could be a Freudian slip or something, huh? It, it must be. We'll just we'll just blame it on that. But uh, Rich Morin is the owner of Professional Scuba Diving Center, and uh, he's a little upset because what he had done is he had been spending a lot of time with the local community there, and helping them. They wanted to get set up with a diving program, so he spent spent about seventy five hours putting together information to help them on the bed. And then when it came down to it, they went and bought it out of state on, from an online merchant. So uh, he was expecting about eighty thousand uh, dollars or seventy-seven thousand for the sale, and uh, the the township said, "Oh well, you know, anything that's over twenty thousand, we have to to treat as a commodity and put it out for bid." So you know, how, how would you? You gotta ask before you start doing it, I suppose. But if you're yeah. doing it in good faith. And they realized this law was that way. Seems like somebody would have, you know, let him know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like the, he's done quite a bit uh, in the community, and he's he's been burned before. Uh, now, now, yeah. You know, at first, you're going well. If you put on that effort, and then you got to cover that. I mean, you have to put something in. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe just do it out of the goodness of your heart. You know, I, I've done I've done similar things. I've done a lot of uh, stuff where I've consulted for. Uh, local municipalities around here, uh, not on scuba diving, but on uh, technology. And, you know, you, you just you just hope that you're steering them in the right direction. I, I didn't have anything in, you know, it, sometimes when I've had a business, I have uh, sold to them and other times I haven't. So it's just kind of how it goes. You have to expect it because, you know, would he have felt differently if he had lost to somebody that was local? Because there's certain, I don't know. Because there's a certain amount of, you know, if you're 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 spending your tax dollars, it should stay somewhat regional. But then, if you're completely out of line, because what the the uh, they said that the low bid was fifty thousand dollars less than what his bid was. But if he put seventy five hours and somebody who knew this was not working out, I think may have had a responsibility to give him a heads up. Yeah. Well, like this was not being a just because you're doing this doesn't mean you're going to get the bid. I don't know how that was worded. That's a lot of time, a lot of effort. I can see where he's a little yeah. PO, but the bid process, yeah. yep. seems like there was some stuff not said. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, what he was pointing out, he said, so now you're buying everything out of state, which is including dry suits. 
and uh, now they have to be trimmed and fitted. Um, well, the kicker there is always service what you sell. Mm-hmm. So if they bought all this, who's going to do the repair and maintenance on it? Him? Yeah. Well, he could, I mean, that's still an, a revenue income. Yeah. Well, he, 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 he gives some examples of other instances. Uh, one was where he had uh, the sheriff's office had sent uh, instructors to a town a little bit farther away because it was $100 cheaper per person uh, than what his rate was. But the county had to pay for travel expenses and salaries for the team members while they're gone. So what, all things weren't equal. And then within uh, a couple of years, they had they went back to him and had to do the training all over because they didn't get the same quality as what he'd have given them. So I'm sure we could easily turn this into the, the political podcast on government, <laughs> government bidding uh, because that's just, you know, how, how do you do value? And I even see that in the commercial uh, world. You know, how do you show value? You know, when you have people who are just out there for price, price isn't always the the end end all be all to what you need to do. You know, service has to count in there somewhere. Well, in a lot of places now, though, it's not always to the low bidder that you get the contract, but you've got to have it worded such. Okay, this next article is researchers are examining diving and disability in Caymans. A team of spinal cord injury researchers, veterans, and Paralympic athletes are visiting Cayman Island this week as part of the Johns Hopkins study of medical uh, about the effects of scuba diving with persons with disability. This reminds me of Dive Heart here out of Illinois yep. and what they've been saying. So what it looks like they're trying to do is get some evidence to support their position. Teaming up with St. Matthews University and Red Sail Sports researchers from the U.S.-based medical school and the Cody Unser Foundation are aiming to raise awareness about the research work and the power of sport in the rehabilitation process or generation rejuvenation of people with disabilities. There will be a public film screening of the movie Cody, The First Steps, a documentary of the life and times of Cody Unser, who's paralyzed as a result of transverse myethylis? a rear spinal cord inflammation. Since 1999, Cody, who is a certified Divers One national claim for work raising awareness and promoting issues related to the disability. So, uh, you know, go back and listen to our interview with uh, Dive Heart. Uh, we had Jim Elliott on, and maybe we could have him back on. It'd be interesting to see what his take on this would be. It, it's some of that I think is, is it's interesting, um, but I they don't mention the aspect that once you have a trauma in a particular part of your body, it's more likely that you can get a hit in that area because you don't have good blood flow and transfer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they reflect that in what they're talking about. I mean, you definitely would have to be in the uh, no decompression limits, seems to me, all the time, or you're increasing the potential for them to take a hit that a normal person wouldn't because they have better blood flow and cycling of, you know, the gases. It's not obstructed. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to get, uh, you have that a little bit of risk. But then also you got to uh, think about some of the divers that are being taken because you have the, the you know, whether they're uh, paraplegic or, or quadriplegic and you're diving down with them and they've got, you know, they've got their challenges of being able to move around. So you're going to have two support divers. Well, that regular diver, I mean, what, what do they do? Are they do, do they have their own computer? So it seems like you're going to have to be a little bit more conservative because you're really doing everything for three divers, not just one. 
you're kind of attached. I, I, I'm sure that'd be one way of, of countering it, just keeping the depths uh, not so deep. Plus, I'm also picturing that they're not going to be doing the the type of diving that we're doing, you know, a Mach Zero visibility dive. They're going to be, uh, looks like most of the time they're going to the tropical locations. Yeah, warm uh, water visibility and yeah. something to see. Uh, but, yeah, there are some around here. I mean, uh, you know, Dive Heart, they're... And maybe the, I don't know if they're doing the open water down in tropical or if they if they get the certification up here. Oh, I don't really remember. Another good question for them. So we'll have to we'll have to come up with that one. This next one is putting a price on sharks, and this kind of goes in the bucket of ecotourism. This one is from the New York Times in their environmental section. Reef sharks are worth more than the water when they're sold for their fins and meat, at least in some cases. So what they're doing is the same thing they're trying to do with. Uh, forests where they show that the value of the forest is the the tourism or the ecotourism they're saying that leaving the sharks in the water uh creates its own unique value do you see the picture at the bottom of that article shark fins drying in the sun on the street near the docks oh that is holy moly see i i mean to me a shark is a fish you know as long as you're not fishing them out of existence that's fine by me but this is just plain waste when yeah, if they're only using the fins. Yeah, if you're just using the fin. I mean, that's like, you know, raising chicken and just eating the feet or the beak. I mean, it's just there's – if you're going to take the animal, you use the whole animal. Uh, you have something sustainable. Uh, you have to have top predators. You know, when you when you remove top predators, you can have all sorts of things happen. You have other creatures will exploit the, the gap that's there. Uh, it's, it's just all sorts of mess. It's, it's better to have some sort of balance and that is just sad. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't even look possible. Yeah. That, that picture at the bottom says it all. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. They said, uh, even the great barrier reef, which is, has said to have been well-regulated has seen sharks populations plummet over the last 15 years. Uh, reef sharks aren't like other, other fish between slow growth, long time, the sexual maturity, and infrequent small litters, they simply cannot reproduce rapidly and don't <coughs> excuse me, don't bounce back after extended pressure. So wow. I mean I just looking at that just it makes me sad. And then uh wait, did, is this one I already covered last week? Some some of the, the stuff is just in the Caribbean? Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, let me let me let me pull that one up. Maybe we did if if we talked about it. Uh, what the heck? Oh, now I've done it. Well, 700 silver coins worth millions. Well, they must be talking mystic value then. Silver coins, an ounce. What is it now? About 49, maybe $50 max per ounce. That's not millions, but it's yeah. nice walking around change. What I did is I, is I actually, I've, I've done this. I've done this a few times. I overwrote the news article with another one so here i am i'm ca- i'm caught back up to you now yeah silver coins jade figurines from the 1500s discovered off the dominican republic a uh, chance encounter fisherman has led to one team of treasure hunters to discover what they believe is the oldest shipwreck in the caribbean and after only diving the site located off the dominican republic a handful of times they have unearthed some serious treasure 700 I could seriously have some of that yeah I, you know, I would love, I I would love to just to to do it. Now, back on this article, you know, of of course they have the nice picture of the gold coins and and jewelry, 
But below that, do they still make that dive mask? Uh, which dive mask are you looking at? It's the old oval round dive mask. Sure they make those. Do they really? Sure. Worked fine last long time. <laughs> okay. I was just I just saw that. I'm thinking, well, that's some stock photo. Yeah, Dave, Dave in the chat room noticed it also. Yeah, that was uh, that was my thought. I just looked at that mask and I had to keep checking. The BC doesn't look uh, too old, but uh, just that dive mask is a little bit. But uh, oh, just to dive on that. Yeah, and it's going to depend. Diving with no wetsuit on and your hands are naked. There, it's like <laughs> that's not normal. That's no good. Yeah, and then there they have the sand sucker. Uh, uh, you know, a uh, l- little bit farther down the article, they talk about uh, how they had to be concerned with pirates. They had an armed guard on board to protect them, and they were still robbed. And also, in one case, they were fired on by the Dominican Republic's Navy, a case of missing identity. Wow. Now, I mean, there's a lot to say for don't tell anybody until you got it all up. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, uh, yeah, I don't know why they, they mentioned it. Did they have to? Well, just like here, you find the wreck, and if you do it legally, you send all the information into the, the Michigan Department. Once it's there, it's open season, so you've got the location, blah, blah, blah. Anybody can then go back out to your site. Yeah, that just, it, it sounds so simple. But, uh, yeah, as soon, soon as, you know, the Freedom of Information Act, as soon as that site gets out there, it's all over with. Because while you're not taking anything, Somebody else's, and then, and then we had that uh, here in the Chicago. What was that that wreck that we were talking about just a few weeks ago? Well, the Elgin was one. The Elgin, that was it. Where when they went back to, you know, after they had gotten permittance to salvage, that a lot of stuff had disappeared. I'm sure the sand covered it up. It only took 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Nothing like bureaucracy. So here's this next one. This one is a scuba gear drop-off zone under construction at Reef Site. Escanaba County is constructing a drop-off zone for scuba divers to unload their gear. Uh, it provides beach access to a snorkeling reef in the Gulf of Mexico just off Pensacola Beach. Uh, about 450 feet off the easternmost tip of the park. Um, so this is kind of nice that they're, they're, they're making some easy access for scuba divers. Signs will be posted to alert people to the drop-off zone which is a break in the dunes just to the right of the reefs. The poles are posted on the beach to help divers and snorkelers know where to enter the gulf. The new uh, reef provides a spot for snorkelers and divers. You don't have a dive boat to go out to the Rinsky or other artificial reefs offshore. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It, it doesn't cost them a lot to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and just kind of nice. yeah, just kind of pave a little section off to the side. You put in little spots. You have a sign that says... Uh, Loading and unloading only 10 minutes, and that sure beats hoofing it away from a parking lot. Well, that's like us. If we want to do a a fire lane, if they would publicize it around here that, hey, you can go ahead and do that if you're dropping off your gear as long as you move your your vehicle, Mm -hmm. uh, that wouldn't be too bad. But, again, where are you going to park it after you drop your gear off? Well, we've been been lucky the spots that we've been diving where there are fire lane if there's been a spot to park. And then uh, you didn't go up with us to Gull Lake, but uh, we actually, there was a restaurant owner and he, he wasn't open, but he was outside and we talked to him and he gave us permission to park there. We did pay to go into the park, 
uh, and and unload. But it was nice that you know while we checked it out, we we made the mistake in the first park because we went and paid to go in just to discover as we got down to the water that we had white caps on Cull Lake, a two thousand acre lake, uh, and then we went around. So the second time we didn't we didn't pay to for parking for two vehicles until we were sure we were going to go diving. Okay, and then let me see uh, this this next one. It isn't really a news article, but this came off of Twitter. Uh, so our Twitter accounts is uh, Scuba Obsessed on Twitter. You can follow us there, and then I also have my account, which is Darren Jilson D A R R I N J I L L S O N on Twitter, and uh, we have some people to follow us. And one of it is the experimental dive team for the u.s navy and i absolutely love following those guys hopefully you're listening give us a shout out and if you if you can ever get permission to come on the show and even if you can't come on anyway we'd love to have you on but what they did in the it was about a week and a half ago is uh they did a saturation dive to over a thousand feet well that's not that big a deal personally (laughs) you don't think so uh, no, they've been doing that over 20 years. Uh, yeah. Duke University, for example, was doing their uh, deep diving, and we're talking 2,000 feet. Mm-hmm. So working at 1,000 is not unusual. The deco time sucks, and you're obviously doing that out of a bell and a deck decompression chamber. Yeah. But 1,000 uh, yeah. is not the major. The 2,000-foot ones, uh, those are the ones that are really interesting yeah they, they didn't say how much over a thousand so i don't know if they were allowed to say but they said it was the first time that uh the navy dive team had been had done over a thousand in 10 years so it doesn't sound like it was something that they were doing all that often or well at least- it's not economic i mean you can put a gym suit down or a waft suit then it's one atmosphere do the job come back up you don't have the deco safer for the diver Mm-hmm. You start getting down to 1,000 feet or even to 2,000 they were working with, and they were really getting some squirrely gas mixes. I mean, they were having to put nitrogen there to give you a, con, uh, a, a little bit of boost from the, from the helium and the hydrogen. There are some really interesting gas mixes at that depth. Uh, Duke was actually working on, remember that, that uh, the Abisk where the guys went oh, down? Oh, yeah. Uh, they were actually working with that fluid. And... Uh, it works, by the way. The kicker, though, is it seems like when you do both lungs, you have a hell of a time not getting pneumonia. And they, in fact, actually use that system for preemies for who have the undeveloped lungs because they're already used to that liquid in their lungs until you know they can live a little longer, boost up their, their lung system, then they can get the fluid out. But once you're an adult and try to do that in reverse, it doesn't work as well. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to paste in the Twitter account of, of one of the guys. I'm, I'm going to it right now. should have done this before the show with my superior planning abilities. And this is one of the Navy divers. Of course, I don't know if, we, if it's going to go back in. Uh, I don't have rights to their, their photos, but... Uh, they had some interesting leak, uh, links to the rig that they were diving in. God, you look at some of these some of these guys, and they just look so young. That's because they are. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just that we're getting that old? 
Well, you look at these, these guys are talking about, well, he's too old for this, too old for that, and he's 36. And over the hill, it's like, geez, old Pete. Yeah, in, in the chat room, uh, they're saying, what's the mix at 1,000 feet? Oh, you mean, what the, is the mix? Yeah, for that that would be, I mean, I'm sure that would have to be heavily on helium. It's been years since I've done any of that stuff. Obviously, it's tri or quad mix at that depth. Yeah, I thought it would be quad mix because uh, we had an article last week where they were talking about some of the, you know, they're, they they keep questioning the mixes and the benefits and hazards of the different mixes. So I, I would think if you're working at that. And, and you have to think, like you had talked about the cost, if they're going down and doing that sort of mix or that sort of dive, there's got to be a reason for it. I mean, they just uh-huh. don't. Yeah, could you, you you know what a gym suit is? Um, no, not really. Okay, gym suit is a one atmospheric suit you can put on. Uh, there are certain models of them. Uh, one's rated for a thousand feet. The other major one is like uh, two thousand feet. They run about a million dollars to rent. But if you've got a, a job in a million dollars, you can get a lot more downtime with that suit than you can a bunch of divers in a in a sat system. Then you got a wasp, but basically. Is a, is a body shell you're in with some arm manipulators and you've got thrusters on it and they're normally tethered even though they do have their own battery and, and scrubber systems so that if you got disconnected you could always have full battery full air to get you get yourself back up I pasted into uh, Skype for you to okay. take a look at at the the guy standing there on deck the frog yeah yeah that's a, a photo posting site. That's a, the Navy Experimental Dive Unit, which is what these gentlemen are part of. Hoorah! So we'll, we'll send a, a – I'll try and figure out how I can link to that. Uh, yeah. one, one way is just look through who we're following in Twitter, and you can sometimes get some of that off there. And then here we've got one. Now that's it for the news. We're going to jump into or sh- talk about some potentially hey, – got, got, got a question for you. Sure. Did you skip one or did I miss that? Big Bay Point parking. Did we talk about that? Big Bay Point parking. Did right. I? Calgary debating. Oh Where's yeah. Calgary. Big Bay. Do you remember where that was? I remember talking about it last well, year. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, yeah. I I think I did. Did I jump off that one? Oh good. Oh yeah, I did. So here we'll we'll go backtrack into that one before we go into the the cool scuba gear. Uh, that, that one. Happen? That was in uh, Canada. Okay. Yep. Uh, Council debating the Big Bay Point parking and scuba diving. Uh, We covered this a little bit last week. Uh, Scuba divers could be paying the pledge into Lake Simcoe at the 30th side road dock. So it's just been this big battle against the fishermen and the the boaters and the scuba divers. The scuba divers are getting on the docks, uh, blocking the travel, the, the, you know, blocking the access to the boat ramps. Uh, and then also getting in the water and preventing people from from getting to the boat ramps, and it's just been a a battle. And then uh, parking, and you know they talked about charging, and then they didn't. And then it, the, it sounds like the spot keeps getting more and more popular. So probably what they're doing is they're putting everything in the paper, complaining about it. They're probably encouraging every all the divers who haven't dove there to get the dive in before it's illegal. So it's probably a rush on the location. But you know what? You know what this article doesn't have? What's that? It doesn't have a diver viewpoint. Like, what do they say? Oh, oh yeah, they ha- they haven't done anything like this. Uh, and I've I've had it covered by several newspapers. 
Uh, well, I like to see what the divers, the local divers, are saying about this issue because right here it's one-sided. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So uh, by six or twelve-hour permits, yep. uh, you know, what does that mean? And who's going to monitor that? You got a, a time watch cop there or something? Well, it sounds like there's somebody manning it right there because you have to buy the permit at the docks. I don't know if it's the like what we used to have around here was a steel post, the slot, and you slip the money in. Or if they've actually got somebody who's going to hand out the permits. Well, what's a 12-hour permit? So I got I can do 12 hours out there. So does that mean in a row, yeah. 12 one-hour dives? Who's going to watch me? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Uh, under the proposal, diver groups can buy six or 12-hour permits for $60 and $100. Respectively, divers also be required to leave one side of the dock open for boat accents and adhere to a zero tolerance alcohol policy so they're trying to make out that the divers are a bunch of drunks who are well I, i've noticed a lot of boat boat drivers out there uh seem to uh oh yeah pop that bud back once in a while yeah exactly but uh, they have to do well they have to do the zero tolerance too right you can't drive and drink even on the boat yeah i know uh, you can't again uh, you know, it's in canada so i don't know i'd i picture they got pretty strict laws up there too but yeah in michigan uh they we've really tightened it down just in the last three or four years that uh, it used to be you could be anything but legally drunk but if you even have uh you know what's you you can't have anything in your system i don't believe uh, i'll have to pull out the the boating book again uh, they say a maximum of six parking space will be provided for each diving group that obtains a permit uh members wanting to use a dock will enter into a contract with the town and pay the fee as this location most popular among divers, staff recommend issuing permits at that dock only. Other locations, Alcona and Bell Ewert, are not commonly used by scuba divers. The dock in Alcona has pay parking area and is first come, first serve, and the Bell Ewert's location has limited parking. Uh, they say the dock usage parking been controversial issues over the last few years. Council recently banned scuba diving from using town docks between May 15th and October 15th after Deputy Mayor Dan Davidson insisted that they were indunning the induating and in, in, in <laughs> the area and upsetting local residents. Davidson, who operates a restaurant near dock, also accused divers of refusing to allow other rec- recreational activities in the area. So if you what, have what what does that mean? Well, it also, you think about it. If, if you own a restaurant, who eats better than a diver after a dive? I mean, that is just short-sighted. There, there's something – this just doesn't even seem natural. There's the only something, thing I can see is if you go out of a dock and you've got your dive flag, you just inhibited other recreational boaters from coming in and out because you just locked it with your dive flag. Yeah, and I can understand so You that. can use one side of a dock and not the other one. I don't know how you can do that legally either. So that's the only thing I can see there that could screw up a, a, a boater, but there's got to be something else to this. Well, there was another article a, a few months ago, and they were they were talking about this. And the one thing they said, uh, because there was a actually, maybe it wasn't here, it was someplace else, but you can come within the distance of a dive flag provided that you have a spotter on the front of the boat. Yeah, and that doesn't mean 60 miles an hour. There's no. a flag, go around it. Yeah, it's those those flags are not for slalom. <laughs> so, but you know, I I think that how we do it is responsible. We we pretty much, I mean, we're using the the boat ramps just like the boaters, but we're not diving off them. We're using them to launch our boats to get out in the lake. 
uh, we tend to wait to the offside time of the season when there aren't boats because we're not going to stop the traffic on the lake. Well, it's like the river. We can't. River. We normally dive the river in the winter when there is no boats because where we dive, you know, there at the Riverview Park, if yeah. we dive there, the boaters were inhibiting them because it's not wide enough yeah. that they can go past us. Yeah. Well, they they still do. <laughs> we've we've dove there many times with boaters and you know, but it, as as long as they're like you like the rule is you you have a spotter and you're going slow. I I don't mind. My intent isn't to go and stop the traffic in the river. Oh, you you're not allowed to. That's why up uh, when we do the uh, Blue Water Bridge, remember you put a dive flag at the entry, one at the end, and you do not come up in the middle. Yeah. And if you come up in the middle of the river, that's SOL for you because those freighters will not, cannot stop. Oh, they, they won't even know you're there. <laughs> right. I mean, they won't even know you hit them. Yeah. You won't even make a splatter on the blade. Uh, if approved, the plan will allow for unrestricted year-round parking in the north side of Big Bay Point Road between East Street and the lake. Summer parking permits would be allowed on the east side of the 30th, 150 meters from North Bay Road to the lake. Summer parking will also be permitted on the southern side of Lake Drive between 30th and Alberta Avenue. Unrestricted winter parking could be allowed on the east side of the 30th between Lake Side and the lake during the winter. Areas that currently provide permit parking could be revised to allow parking during the winter months to anyone. This would provide for out-of-towner anglers during the winter but maintain the permit parking regulations during the summer months to accommodate resident access to the lake. The infrastructure director, Jim Zimmerman, the proposed changes will require additional signage, some custom-made signs to address the seasonal parking and restrictions. Parking will be encouraged on the municipal-owned lots as slightly outside of Big Bay Point area. Anglers from out of town and near locations of park when visiting community, however, must be mindful of local residents who need access to their properties, winter maintenance, town perform. You know, and that's the one thing of all these articles I've read. It is more the locals not liking tourists. That kind of seems to be the theme because you hear it over and over, preventing the locals from being able to do whatever the heck they want. Okay, I just went and Googled that. I'm looking for some other stuff. No scuba diving from town docks. I'm looking at the picture and it's like ice over everything. And the problem here now is Big Bay Point residents fed up with ice fishers who block narrow streets and block laneways want action from the town. But the ice fishers are also upset because the town has taken away traditional parking areas at the end of the Big Bay Point Road and at Side Road 30 near the government dock. So there's more than just for divers here. So they're mad at everybody. I, I think it's a locals versus tourists. Well, here's what it says. So setting up a permit system for docking inadvertently created the winter parking crunch when council decided to regulate scuba diving at the dock. That meant ice fishers who flocked to the area every weekend were left with few places to park legally. So it's like, excuse me? <laughs> this sure does look complicated. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a kind of, and in, in, in back to get into politics, which we try to avoid. But, you know, anytime you try to muck around and engineer rules to do things can have an unforeseen consequence. Interesting. Well, enough of that. Uh, some some comments in the chat room. They're talking about uh, entry fees to different quarries. Uh, they said the price is a bit high. Uh, charging for the permit isn't the problem. Price of the group is not bad. If you enter a quarry, say one that's $21 per day or another that's 15 that's not bad for a group six or more. So they're basically saying if you do the math, 
for what the when we do diving out of quarries around here, it's about the same as what they're charging. Uh-huh. So, but I think the difference uh, the difference is when you go to a quarry. Uh, I mean, most of them they're they're creating an environment. They have liability that they're paying for a little bit different than what a municipality is doing. And they're doing a heck of probably a heck of a lot more maintenance than what a municipality is doing. Plus a municipality, you're, you're, it's in the public benefit to allow access. Yeah. They, they've already got their money through tax dollars. So they're, they're double dipping there. Okay. Back on to uh, cool, uh, some potentially cool scuba gear. And this is one I was I've been thinking about how do I make and it looks like somebody's gone and done it. Uh, camera startup GoPro secures some funding. Uh, this is a uh, an inventor came up with a camera and uh, trying to get some funding to help him go and it, it's aimed at the skateboarders, mountain bikers, and even scuba divers. He had taken and, and modified what essentially is two cameras, put them together. And with some software that he has got licensing to, has created 3D cameras. And what? Good what question is, for you. Yep. Can you see a 3D video on your computer? With the right software, you can. It takes a little bit of effort. Actually, your computers can do quite well with 3D. It's just doing the research to see how it can work. So yeah, your your computer can do it. Uh, mini TV, mini. Not mini as in M-I-N-I, but mini as in M-A-N-Y. Uh, mini TVs can do 3D now. That's uh, Within the next four or five years, that's going to be pretty standard. But it's software is what you're saying? Well, it's a combination of software and hardware. Uh, now, now, this is where we go into our, our tech piece where we're, we're talking about uh, HD theater. But uh, you've got two types of 3D. You have active and passive. Active is glasses where you have active shutters where uh, when you're viewing something on a TV, it will close one eye and the other eye. Um, and if you're doing, if you got, a f- let's say in the U.S. here, we've got 1080p resolution. Uh, a lot of times when you do broadcasts like ESPN or any of those, they're going to cut that signal in half and then alternate it between the eyes. And there's different... Uh, you know, depending on who owns the patents, different methods of doing it. And it actually works quite well. It's uh, getting to be popular in sports. Uh, then you have the active, which is the shutters, which are turning on and off. You have passive, which is usually done by a type of uh, filter on the lens. Uh, you know, Like in your movie theaters, those are tend to be circular polarized, and they require a special screen and a, uh, to work with them. The passive, the Eyeglasses are probably ten to thirty dollars a piece. In fact, I've even bought them at the movie theater, uh, the cheap movie theater we have around here. You buy them and you keep them, and they're about six bucks a piece. Uh, active, you're going to be expecting to pay between fifteen and a hundred bucks a piece. And what that does is your TV will broadcast an infrared signal to the glasses, and it will move the shutters between the eyes. On a computer, uh, it's usually going to be active. What I've seen, so there's, uh, you know, some of them might be cabled with a USB cable, or they can get an IR signal. Uh, video games were an early adopter of 3D, but we're now seeing it, you know, like we have the Avatar that will be coming out. Uh, there's quite a bit of TVs that are 
are doing. They're mostly active, very few passive. The, the One of the disadvantages with passive is it adds cost to the screen, and your seating locations te- can tend to be a little bit limited if you have that in your living room, and that's on your TV. Yeah, I know your wide scope, depending on the type of device that you have, sometimes you got to sit like in each other's lap, mm-hmm. or you don't quite have the, the uh, landscape view, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, what we're starting to see now is uh, – like the Nintendo just came out a week ago with a 3D handheld system, and that's a glasses-free. And the way that works is is the lenses within the screen itself, but there's a fixed focal point. Uh, they do have some larger TVs that uh, are also glasses-free, but they only have they might do three spots or five spots. So a lot of it is all in this lens design and making it all work, but. Uh, and also the other thing is content. It's kind of the chicken and the egg. If you don't have content, it doesn't make sense having all the 3D. And then this particular camera, that's what they're trying to trying to do is have an inexpensive way of getting 3D, which is – I don't know why that 3D interests me so much, but I just think for uh, nature to be able to – you know, something what, what high-definition TV did is they brought just that resolution and those colors and the vibrance right into your living room when you feel like you're right there. You know, 3D just takes it that step beyond. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that 3D and underwater photography takes off as, as a way of encouraging people to dive, not as a replacement for it, but to encourage them to get out and do it. So uh, what they're doing is they're saying this, the HD Hero 960 camera is $180 waterproof housing that works down to 180 feet deep, and it shoots 720p and 960p video, which in in 3D uh, probably isn't all that bad. And then HD Hero shoots 1080p with a helmet mount, uh, and it costs $300. The 3D housing costs another $100, but is also waterproof. So... Again, we'll have links to these in the show notes if anybody wants to take a look. Are you going to finally get another camera to replace the one you lost in the uh, like you know, sixteen? You know, I would be this. Yeah, I, I do need to get another camera, but uh, I'd be. I don't I'd, know if I would get this one, but I, those little pros, those uh, GoPros, are not bad. There's no. a lot of reviews at the drop zone. Yeah, I I haven't decided. I, I'd like to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all about. It's only about money. I'd like to have a, a, I'd like to have a nice camera where I could just have it mounted and I don't have to mess with. And then when I want to go back and see things, I can see it. And I'd like to have a really good one. I mean, just a a, a movie high quality quality camera. The, the the thing about the less expensive one that you would mount maybe to a mask. What I think would be great about that is say you gave one to everybody in the dive club and you went and did a dive. Now I've got a lot of footage to edit together so I can get the best shots of a location. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't done Scuba Obsessed video yet is just the consistency, the quality, the editing. That's uh, all stuff that you know I've been playing around with, but it, it takes a little bit to do. And I just want the quality to be up there high for when we do enter that that spot. If you if you want to see some uh, local diving, uh, talking hyphen scuba, they've got... Uh, where they're doing a video show and they have some shots in it, but you know, I, I you know, it's, to me, uh, the the next step would have to be getting you know full HD video and and just making some good quality and and then having it could be compelling enough. I 
uh, you know, I appreciate everybody listens to us ramble on, but I like to think it's interesting and it goes in with drive time. Uh, with video, you can't, you know, you, you have to stop what you're doing and you really have to watch video. And that's a, that's a different market than uh, something where it's just audio only. And then it has to be something more than uh, video that would be like vacation pictures. Because you know, a, a lot of times on YouTube, there's tons of video out there of underwater but it just loses my attention span. There has to be something more to it than just shots of somebody's dive. Yeah, it's just like vacation photos to me. I like to see the action stuff, like putting their hand down the muck and pulling out a handful of gold coins. That's my kind of stuff. Gets my adrenaline up. Oh, yeah. Or a, yeah. Or a big hutchy bottle, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, see, that's what you could do. If you, I'm going to need a macro lens, so when the weeds brush by my mask, you say, oh, yeah, that was a... Yeah. North American fragrant eelgrass. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we need. Uh, we, we need the mat cam, so it, pull, it shows you pulling all those treasures out. Yeah, not lately. Well, last week we had uh, Scuba the News. I didn't get anything for this week, but we'll go ahead and finish up with last week's. Well, let's see. We'll go ahead and talk about that one in, in history and see if anybody can guess what age it is. Oh, crud. Now I've... You think I've used a computer before. Okay, so this one was uh, police capture scuba divers of the cocaine. The police say they watched two scuba divers swim from a Colombian ship at a Brooklyn dock with $7 million worth of cocaine early Friday. A short, lived time, a sh- a short time later, agents raided a huge house. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> I need to start over. Agents raided a house near the pier and arrested five Latin Americans. When police burst in, one man was still in his diving outfit, they said. Officers said they seized 28 pounds of cocaine. The five were booked on charge of possession of dangerous drug and paraphernalia. Authorities said the cocaine was brought aboard in the Colombian ship Francisco Miguel, which was docked in the Brooklyn Five times in seven months, a ship has been under surveillance each time, and authorities said the investigation was continuing. So what year was this? Let's see, anybody in the chat room uh, care to venture? I'll give you a hint. It was after 1901 and before 2011. We have Tedward says 1984. Uh, Somebody says 80s, 2009. Anybody else? What What do you say, Mac? I haven't a clue. <laughs> As my wife often says, I don't have a clue. The the Don Johnson version. Well, what I'll go ahead and do is I'll paste that in, and uh, some of you, some of you aren't too far off, but a little bit. So so this also on this page of this newspaper, they have some prices, some items. So they have a twelve foot by twelve foot summer house for one hundred ninety seven U S dollars. They have a big $2 price cut on a versatile lounger for $10.88. A director's chair is $12.88. A swinging canopy. They have a uh, 48-foot, 10-foot bottom aluminum boat for $48. This Closest, is on a tangent. Yeah. This is on a tangent. I just thought of something I heard today. People are actually going around here in lower Michigan buying junk pontoon boats. Have you heard anything about that? Buying junk pontoon boats? Well, yeah. uh, probably because for the, the aluminum. Yeah, has gone up so much that it's cheaper to go out and buy somebody's junk boat. Yeah. I didn't realize that. That means I should start bringing up those aluminum rowboats I find now instead of leaving them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that stuff you can. You, you, you get a little spot. I mean, the problem is you live in town, so you got to drop it off at my house. But uh, <laughs> Fat can't. 
<laughs> but I think uh, Jim, Jim the scrounger though, isn't he? Isn't he the trash man? Uh, he he was. He might be again. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it depends on how his his current venture goes. Maybe he'll uh, <laughs> he'll he'll have to put a little uh, bucket in the back of his truck and uh, grab some stuff. Uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be something. Uh, but yeah, scrap aluminum's been going for for quite a bit. Anything copper? Oh my gosh! Luckily, we didn't make boats out of copper, or it would be crazy. But uh, actually, we have uh, Tedward uh, had a revised 1967. Dave has 74, seven, uh, and 64. Uh, and then we have 83 and 82. So uh, everybody's close. Uh, one of Dave's numbers was actually correct. This was, uh, or not correct, but close. Uh, this was April 21st, 1973. So 1973. And then here's the, if you want to live in the, the era, I just love some of the, you know, being in the, the graphics and publishing industry, just how this has changed so much from what, what it used to be. All these other things. So, so thanks for playing along. Next week, hopefully, I'll have some time and we'll have another article that we'll do and Everybody can guess. And if you like it, let me know. If not, tell me and we'll, we'll we'll can it. So this is the time of the show where we'll go ahead and talk about our last week's dives. And I happen to know firsthand that Matt got a dive in. Yeah, yeah you weren't with me last week. <laughs> yeah, so that, that makes it easy. So, yeah, uh, we went out. So uh, we did the Paw Paw Lake. Uh, weather was, again, too bad for Lake Michigan. I was hoping for Lake Michigan, but... Waves are too high. And what was the balmy water temperature? The water temperature was 46 degrees or 44, depending on which gauge I looked at. Does not even well, I'll give seem... you a clue. It has not warmed up since last week. Well, if you go today, did you go again this week? Yeah, it was yesterday, and then I went kayak diving today. And it's still the same temperature? Oh, it's freaking chilly. This, see, I could put a picture on in our uh, scuba place. I'll have to, you'll have to see if you can find any goodies, though. Oh, man. That means you have to blow stuff up. Uh, I'll, 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 we'll head over there. That's uh, mudclub.scubaobsessed.com. You can head over to that website and see uh, what Mac's gone. I haven't had a chance to take a look at it. But we went diving last Saturday at Paw Paw Lake. Uh, visibility was better than I was expecting. The weeds were still down, I would say, about a foot and a half, two feet off the bottom. Uh, found the required golf ball, so it did count as an official logged dive. But the temperature just drove me nuts. I mean, I did. Uh, I'm, I actually think it's easier to do an ice dive in the winter than it was to do that. I, I, I think it's kind of like where you've got your heart set on it not being that cold. Because I, I didn't, I didn't empty the whole tank. I just kind of went. I got back by the dock uh, with about half the tank gone, and I'm. Yeah, I like to have a little safety reserve, and I was just like, ah, that's enough. So I don't know. It was, it was, it was a good dive. It was nice to get in the water, but the cold. I am so ready for a dry suit. Don't I, you wish you uh, had your mitts on instead of your five fingers? Yeah, I had. I left my mitts at home. They were they were hanging on the scuba tree, and I took everything out and left the the, the mitts there. Luckily, I had a pair of backup gloves in my bag and used those. And my well, hands side, get cold. What's that? I was going to say, as a side note, did you put a big stuffed owl out there by your scuba tree? Oh, I, I need to. I put one by your car, too. Oh, man. Yeah, what Mac's talking about is your follow on Twitter. Uh, they The darn birds. 
I had my my wetsuit out there drying. I had it inside out to dry the inside first. And I come out and there's this big, it hadn't been out there an hour, a big bird dropping right on it. <laughs> and uh, I just was so disgusted. I just took my suit and stuck it in the tub and uh, I got to scrub it. You know, now I wasn't going to wash it because we're diving in fresh water and it's you know about every three or four times I'll do a good soap it up and clean it out but it's it usually doesn't get too bad if i dry it properly but you know bird poop it's getting cleaned out yeah <laughs> in the chat room dave thank you uh p washes the bird poo off well that's true <laughs> maybe that's what they're trying to do mask the pee smell on my on my wetsuit oh and then the next morning i come out and it must be the same bird i think he's got it out for me these birds are trying to get me i'm convinced and there was six or seven spots, so maybe I'll put them at the end of the this, this show notes for this. Maybe maybe that's the name of the sh- this episode. The birds are out to get me or something. I don't know, but it, I was disgusted. But it, in, anyway, back to the dive. Uh, you found a you, you found a few bottles. Which time? Uh, last um, week with you? Yeah, last week when you went diving with me, you had a yep. you had one. Yep. You, had a, you found a full beer bottle. With a case with, with a, that with, with that wrapper on it, a zipper, little, little cozy, pretty, little zippered cozy, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. And the beer was cold. Yeah, yeah, the beer was cold. <laughs> we didn't have to worry about that. Uh, don't know how fresh it was, but uh, it was definitely cold. Uh, well, it wasn't skunky from light penetration. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Now, how was the? Uh, what else did you find when we first got in? Was that an ore that you had by the ladder that you found? Oh, I forgot that altogether. Darn it. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to pick that up on the way back now that you said that. So, oh. hang on. <laughs> it's like a large pike. Yeah. So I stuck that upside down under the under the la- the uh, pier so I could find it later. <laughs> Short-term memory that I have, I lost it. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I know what I'll find next time I dive there. Well, at least you know you... Yeah, but no, that's the one thing you'll never see again. You'll scour that whole bottom. Like those tires. Uh, you said you'd gone out like a week before, and there was big, huge tires. and Yeah, six of them, and I have not found them again. <laughs> that's just but something. Then, to... You're only looking at two foot, you know, every time you go out, you got a two-foot window there. Yeah. Missed by an inch, and you're, you missed it. Yeah. Well, we had some nice sun. I mean, that helped. Uh, the bottom, you know, where the, the bottoms were sandy and the sun came out, you could see. Uh, in the weeds and the sun came out, you had some visibility that would open up. I'm, we're calling that probably three to six foot viz. So not bad overall. Not for us. Uh, so that, so that was our Saturday dive. So how about the, so this week, how, how did you do? I'm going to have to go over and take a peek at those, at those folks. Well, Wendy was really breezy. Uh, we had white caps and I wanted to go check a new site out, but it was too windy to use the kayaks. I just dove in our normal area. And actually started seeing some fish now. The carp are out. Uh, with the white caps, wasn't any boats out there. And uh, weeds are getting straighter every time you go out. Uh-oh. And today I went back. I was going to dive the uh, fire lanes near the point. Uh, couldn't get in there for access, so I had my kayak with me. So I launched it. It was really nice. The sun was out when I left home. When I got there, we had rain when I was leaving. And um, I did find a neat little area. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, the slope went out the... 30-foot depth and continued down. Uh, I hadn't dove there before. Lots of rocks. Uh, so when you're using your prod and you do a, a, a flat sweep and you keep thinking you're hitting glass and you go over, 
to find a freaking boulder. A couple of times I thought I found the skull. That was pretty exciting, but it turned out to be a funny rock. But uh, the slope was also different. The bottom was different. Uh, I'll have to take you guys out there because I think there are going to be some finds. I did go back up and did a, a search up in the shallows. And you'll notice a lot of the old piers used to come out maybe 100 feet. So I was finding pier logs that were still in the bottom and mm -hmm. boathouse lumber. And I need to go back and start looking around that area. Oh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yep. And uh, there were smaller fish now in the weeds because the weeds were about three feet. They're starting to, like say, go straight up. And some more healthy clams, which is always nice. But like I put in the, in the little blog there, um, all the good stuff is still hiding and playing hard to get. But I did get a couple of things. Yeah. So just have to see if you can discern them from the, the picture. Well, I'm I, I, I'm looking at the picture now, and you know I love Zoom. It lets me see all the way in. So I can see you got a, a few things hanging around in that kayak. Uh, the only things really I kept in that area, um, you had some of the old-fashioned uh, Coca-Cola bottles. Mm -hmm. I keep looking for the Christmas edition. Those are from St. Joe. The one by that one bottle is uh, Pepsi's, the old silk screens, yep. which is pretty nice. And you notice that big wash basin there, ceramic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but in the picture, the picture I didn't bring up. Well, I should have uh, because it was cracked in half. So you had to handle, so you pick that up, and then the other half is missing. So the chamber pot is probably out there too. Well, see, I tend to find all that stuff, but the bottoms are all rusted out. Well, since this is porcelain, it doesn't normally do that. This is the china type of stuff. Yeah. Well, it seems like the stuff I find, it, or like the just the baked enamel. Yeah, yeah, porcelain. Yeah, though. that's true. Yeah, the baked enamel, I just see, it seems like, I don't know if it gets scratched or dented or something, but, you know, the top will all look new, almost mint, and then you'll lift it up the bottom and it's all gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I brought the bowl home because I can put that in the garden out there and do something with it. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, nice, nice. So you got you got a little bit of time in and then got that out. So, yeah, uh, and also if uh, you happen to be in Pawpaw Lake and you lost your underwear, I found them. So, <laughs> they, yeah, well, I don't think they'd want that song. <laughs> no, no, it, if that's what it was. I I'm good at finding rubber bands. It seems like that, like rubber bands, hair ties just stick out, and I'm constantly grabbing those. And, uh, yeah, there was uh, intertwined underwear bands is, is what it looked like. Oh, I did find the obligatory golf balls yesterday and today. Oh, good, good. So we're keeping the street so going. So official dive. So plenty official of official dive. dives. So that was this this last week up till today. And I'm determined to get a dive in this weekend, and I don't even know what my schedule is, but I am going to try and, and get something in. Uh, it's, it's looking, I mean, today we had a nice sunny day. I mean, it's cold at nights, but sunny during the day, not getting that high of temperatures, but uh, we're now starting to rain. It was raining this evening as I was at the baseball and softball games, and I think it's going to rain all the way through the darn weekend. Well, it was 60 degrees today, so it wasn't really bad. Uh, I got jumping on Sunday probably, so. Yeah. Yeah. Some I in the chat room, up. they're saying Mother's Day, and I'm thinking Mother's Day, Mother's Day. Ah, yeah. Take her but, with you. Take her with you. Well, actually, here's what it is. It's one of those rare times where she actually has to work. So she is, she is working on Mother's Day. She said, go ahead and dive. So uh, I, I've, I'm cleared for both days. So now it's just well, a matter. Sunday. She's working on a Sunday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. That's one, one of her part-time jobs. Uh, oh, a cop-type job? Uh, she works at the health club. So. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, her the health club they she's she's working a Sunday shift on Mother's Day. I don't know why she does that, but she's too nice. She you know, everybody else all the other moms wanted off, so I guess she decided she go work it. So yeah, and yeah, I'm afraid of getting wet during a dive. Well, I, the the rain won't keep me out. I love actually diving the rain. There's nothing better than looking up and seeing the the water droplets hit it and splash, but I want to get out in Lake Michigan. So Yeah, I think everybody does. So I need to go and see what that's gonna be like. So that's that. Um we I actually had some guests lined up. I've got uh four guests all lined up that I'm emailing back and forth trying to work out the details. I thought the potential of having uh maybe two or three were all gonna land in this week, but they all at the last minute kind of uh, fell out one of one of them you know wasn't feeling the best so uh, we're rescheduled so hopefully next week we'll have at least one or two also if you remember uh, last year we had Shelly Howard on uh, and she was doing her open water we're going to do a segment similar to that coming up where we have somebody we'll follow them along their open water course and just see how they're doing and what their experience is uh, this one um, may be from the Florida area so I'm already going to be jealous of them, and they haven't even been certified yet. And then we've got divers all over the world who are going to be coming on the program. So just a matter of working out the details, and then we got some hardware vendors I'm I'm talking with that we're going to get on. So what's going to happen is we're going to end up with a six-hour program one of these weeks when they all decide they can come on at the same time. So I might have to record some segments. And get six weeks worth in one night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll just we just, just phone it in. Every- yeah, I I liked it when we recorded them. And then I was able to talk in the chat room while the recording was going. So if I get all those technical details worked out. And then uh, if you didn't get a chance this Tuesday to listen in on Rich's show, he's down in Bonaire. And I want to officially say I hate him. (laughs) He was talking about he was recording live from the dock. You don't get any better than that. Recording from the dock and just the stories and, and everything. So have you been to Bonaire, Mac? Negative. That's that's warm water visibility and fish. That's not. That's against my creed. <laughs> are are you afraid if you go and dive that that you just won't come back? <laughs> I see so many people who dive only that kind of weather. I mean, yeah. I don't understand it, and I don't want to do that because I'm weird. I don't know. <laughs> I want to dive at all, so I'm I'm willing to risk it. I'm like the. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm kind of like the coke addict who's willing to try heroin. <laughs> All I know is my, my I went to the dock this week for my normal annual. So I'm talking to the dock. He knows we play around in the water. You know what he was telling me he was doing last week? No. He was down in the, in not past the Keys, whatever that big island is past the Keys, other than Cuba. Um, <laughs> he had pictures of coral at 300 feet. Oh, really? From a submarine. Oh, he was doing the submarine? Yes. Oh, you know how to hurt me bad. Twelve people get in the boat, big portholes, 300 feet to go down to. I want one of those. See, I want one of those too because as much as I like scuba diving, it would be nice to go visit some of these wrecks at 300 feet without being without getting your text hurt. Uh, I'm still looking in that little one I have a picture of on mine. You, you've seen that one. Yeah. Oh. That would work. Now, that, that one's a dry one? Yes, sir. One atmosphere. So one atmosphere. How do you get out of that? That one is tiny. For people who you don't could. know, <laughs> picture picture a kayak with a dome over the top, 
<laughs> and that's what this submarine is. Hey, I don't care as long as it works and keeps me dry. That's supposed to be good to 300. But if I get it, I'll let you know. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, definitely. I want to. I want to go and see it. So, have you heard anybody going to be doing any diving this weekend? Anybody talking about the boats? I haven't looked at the marine forecast, other than I know it's going to rain. Uh, about the only place I might we might go is I'm not sure what Jim is doing, um, but we wanted to go back out and do a scan over there near the uh, point for that one sunken yacht. Mm-hmm. The one that has a reward for it. Yeah. Uh, the weeds are down, so with only a three foot, I could probably get a decent bounce on that one. Yeah, if you had the resolution died down real detailed and did some slow passes. Yep. Now, do you think you have or a feeling? We did like, or we did like we did at Indian Lake and actually did a sub-bottom profile and got a nice shape. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that's that what I'm thinking awesome. of. But we want to check that one out. God, that would be nice. That could, now, now, what would your wife say if you if you had that and you got the reward? Well, I mean, that's always nice. I'm working on some bigger things than that, though. <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. Okay. <laughs> So I think on that, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, uh, call this one a show. Thank everybody for listening a little bit longer one. Uh, Jim uh, wasn't able to get on while we were in the show. He was texting me. He's still uh, busy, so uh, I'll have to twist his arm and get him to do something. Maybe we'll have to shift the show time a little bit to get him on uh, if, he, if he's willing. Uh, it just makes for a little bit later night. So hang around for the scuba diving uh, roundtable. And uh, we'll have everybody come on. I don't know how late we'll do it tonight, uh, since we're already almost at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, a lot time. of people are turning into pumpkins. Yeah, you turn into pumpkins. So, uh, and and this week, I, I, I hate. Sorry to disappoint everybody, but I don't have a. I don't even have a scuba joke. So, uh, I need tell to, me it's not true. Yeah, well, let me let me look. Maybe I maybe I do have one. Let me pull one out. Uh, see if I've got one in the bottom that I have rejected. You know, those those are sometimes even the the better ones but uh i sent you the five physician joke but i don't think that's a scuba do- a joke yeah okay going okay i've done that one i've done that one. Oh, oh, one thing we didn't do is uh let's go ahead and and talk about some of the itunes reviews so uh give me a second here we'll go ahead over to itunes and we always love those five star the five star <laughs> goodness five star reviews so uh, if you haven't reviewed us yet go ahead and head over to iTunes uh, we'd love the five stars if you if you want to do a one star forget it don't do that but uh, we'll take the five star reviews over there on iTunes and uh, let's see here how do I find them now I need somebody who knows how to work these darn computers uh, also, I'm interested in knowing anybody how they want to do, and maybe we'll talk about this during the scuba diving roundtable, uh, if they want those as its own separate show or the way I've been doing them, the feed. So I've got a big super feed, which has both the regular show and the diver's roundtable, but uh, does anybody want that a feed? Uh, so uh, here's the most recent five-star review. It says, thank you for keeping the excitement of diving alive. This is PA Diver. Uh, he says, I've heard your last podcast that 200 episodes would be a nice milestone. I really hope that you do continue the show. Please know that I that uh, I'm pretty sure there are many loyal listeners out there like me who cannot wait to download your latest latest podcast weekly, who are not able to participate live weekly. Thank you for the commitment to continue. So thank you, PA Diver. We love those those five star reviews and the comments. And uh, we'll again we'll read them on the show. So. Um, and then also, I'm, I'm probably going to be doing a little bit of work uh, revamping the 
website and the forum so hopefully we'll have something like that coming up in the in the future as well so uh keep any comments you have any anything to show want, want to give some feedback uh the show at scubaobsessed.com that gets right to myself and jim and we'll go ahead and comment so you know do you any any final words mac oh hi just looking for 10 degrees warmer weather and maybe 10 degrees warmer water we need to get out there and get wet yeah we certainly do so uh until next week go out there and get wet and be safe <laughs>